0: Welcome to Sabbath School, brought to you by It Is Written. I'm Eric Flickinger, and we are continuing our study in the book of Hebrews. We are today looking at lesson number nine. Lesson number nine is Jesus, the Perfect Sacrifice. Joining me, as usual, is the author of the Adult Sabbath School Bible Study Guide on the book of Hebrews, Dr. Felix Cortez. He is the Associate Professor of New Testament Literature at Andrews University. Welcome back, Pastor Felix. Good to be here with you so let's take a look now at jesus the perfect sacrifice we've been spending quite a bit of time this quarter looking at the priesthood and sort of some of the shortcomings of the old testament priesthood how jesus really fulfills a lot of those things that they didn't and then we get to hebrews 10 verse 14 which says this for by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. There are encouraging verses in the Bible, but this has got to be right up among the top ones. Why is this so encouraging for us?
1: Well, you see, this idea of a sacrifice, we could understand it as a sacrifice is a gift, is something that we give to God. Um, and Jesus, the perfect sacrifice, is like finding the perfect gift for God. Uh, now you, you see, Christmas uh, has just happened, and uh, Christmas sometimes is a moment for giving sacrifices for for our friends. We don't call them sacrifices; we call them gifts, right? And sometimes it's difficult to find the perfect gift for certain people, especially for those who have everything. How do you find a gift for God? He has everything. <laughs> Jesus is the perfect gift. But this idea of Jesus the perfect gift is very deep and very complex because this, the cross has many aspects, many elements that are involved in, this, in, this, uh, in, in the relationship between Jesus and God and us. Now, this one perfect gift has provided reconciliation between God and us. When you have a problem with a friend, with a a neighbor, a family family, uh, person, uh, you bring a gift to help the reconciliation. And what Hebrews 10, verses 10 to 14 says, that Jesus is the perfect gift who has reconciliated us to God forever. We found exactly what we needed to say, God, I'm sorry Uh, Could you accept me again as your friend, as your son? Yes, of course. And this is valid forever. That's basically what is happening there.
0: So he is that perfect gift or the perfect sacrifice. What's the purpose of sacrifices to begin with? We read about them all through the Old Testament. We read about them uh, even into the New Testament. What's the purpose of a sacrifice? Why is it significant? Why do we even need one? Where does it all begin?
1: Excellent question. You see, the sacrifices in the Old Testament were gifts to God, in which, uh, for example, when they went to um, Passover, the Pentecost, or, the, or to the Feast of Tabernacles, which are, these were the three feasts that everyone went to, to Jerusalem. God said to them, No one is going to present himself or herself with their hands empty. Everyone needs to bring a gift. But there is a deeper element in in this, Eric. And the deeper element is that a sacrifice also has certain legal aspects involved in it. And this is true of Jesus' death on the cross. One reason why we need a sacrifice is because we broke God's law. In order to understand this, we need to understand that the covenant relationship between God and us is a very serious matter, okay? A very serious matter. The happiness of the universe, the well-being of everything depends on this relationship. If we break the parameters of this relationship, everything goes into problems. Everything falls into chaos, into dysfunction. So the happiness of the universe has is intimately related to the maintaining of this justice, righteousness in the universe. The problem is that we broke the laws. And when we broke the covenant, when God made a covenant, the Bible says that the covenant God made between him uh, and Israel was a covenant established by blood. Okay, Exodus 24 says that, these rites brought sacrifices and the blood of sacrifice was sprinkled on the 12 columns that represented the people of Israel and also sprinkled on the altar that represented God. The meaning of this was the one who breaks the covenant, his blood will be shed like this, the blood of this animal. This is a very serious matter. And what happened is that we broke, a, we broke the covenant. And... Our blood, our life, was gone forfeited. What we what we owed, a a debt of our life. So Jesus came as a representative. And remember, only the Creator can be a representative. Only the Creator can represent all creation jesus's life is valid for all creation because he's the creator and so when jesus died he covered the penalty of death for everyone so yes sacrifices are needed because there has been a covenant that has been broken a law that has been broken my my mother you know i am i'm a pastor's kid and I grew up going to evangelistic meetings, right? And my mother, when my father did an evangelistic meeting, then my mother did the uh, children's studies and the children meetings, right? And, and when I was uh, very young, I, I remember hearing a story of her. And I don't know if this story is true, probably it's not, but it's a very good illustration of what happened. And I I I remember this story in this in this way. Okay, it may be a little bit different how she told it, but this is the story that she told. There was this story about a little John and a a, a, and a big John used as in in a school. There are a a boy that is very tall, another one is very small, right? Both were called John, and they were in this school that was a very dysfunctional school. It was a terrible school. The the professors couldn't didn't remain there because it was very uh, a lot of problems. Kids didn't pay attention. They didn't study. And so they invited a new professor. This professor was different. This professor didn't care about all the mess in the classroom. He gave his class and he went outside. And uh, he didn't care. But then the students began to uh, to complain and say, you know, we want to have a better classroom, a better experience. And And, they, and the professor said, you know, if you want a better classroom and a better experience, we need to have laws. Because if you don't have laws, everyone can do anything, and and everyone can take the lunch of anyone else, and so there is no there is no happiness this way. And the student said, you know, that's fine. And so uh, he made a laws and says, what, what what the laws would you want to make? And so Big John stood up and said, I want that the person who steals. Uh, the lunch of another person receives ten blows with the rose with the with the you know with the rod without with a he was mad because he had been he had one of his lunch has been taken and 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 the professor said, are you sure it's a little bit strong he says no no yes because we don't we need not to have this uh uh lunches been stolen and the other students supported him okay what's that? so first law do not steal the lunch I and mean, this is the And so they did all the laws, and and then the professor said, remember that these laws are going to be fulfilled. In order for us to be happy here, we need to follow these rules. And everything went well. But one day, Big John stood up in the classroom and said, Professor, someone stole my lunch. And the professor said, okay, close close the doors, and no one is going outside. It doesn't matter if you stay here hours. I'm going to be here until we know who did this. So the investigation began. And they discovered that little John had stolen the lunch of big John. And everyone knew the story of little John. His father had died recently. They were going through very difficult economic situations. And, and they... And, and he said, you know, Professor, I'm sorry I stole it. I, I was hungry. I didn't have my lunch. I didn't have breakfast today, and I was, I was hungry. I, I'm sorry. And then the professor said, little John, come here, and, and we're going to give you the rods. And, and he said, I don't want, but this is the law. And John said, Professor, the big John said, Professor, I, I forgive him. And, 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 the, and the teacher said, you know, uh, this is the law. Or we abrogate the law, or we fulfill it. And so little John came, took his shirt off, and the professor was going to to give him, you know, the blows with the rod. Big John said, you know, professor, stop for a moment. And then he went and embraced little John, and he took his shirt off and said, yo, professor, you can give the blows, right? And this is what really happened The law. I don't know if this story is true or whatever, but but it is a very good explanation. Jesus carried the penalty of the law in our stead so that we didn't receive the penalty, the curses of the law. He received all of them, He exhausted them. In that sense, He is the sacrifice in our place. Now we are. In His place, we are receiving the benefits of His perfect life. He has perfected us forever. In this way, God's laws remain valid forever, but there is also justice forever. I want to finish this with this image. Someone says something that, what happens when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object? The unstoppable force is the righteousness of God, right? Or we could, let's say, different. The mercy of God is the unstoppable force. The immovable object is the justice of God. What happens when an unstoppable force and an immovable object meet? Well, that's what happened at the cross. Loss could not be bent and God remained just. Not moved at all. Perfectly, the law was fulfilled. But the mercy of God was fulfilled as well. And what happened is the beauty of salvation, is that
0: is the sacrifice of Christ in our behalf. That's what happened at the cross. What a beautiful picture of exactly what happened at the cross. And, and we get to be the, to benefit from that. We get to be the beneficiaries of it. It's encouraging to see what Jesus did for us. What Jesus took for us was more than 10 lashes with a rod. What Jesus took for us was death that should have been ours. We received the life that should have been his. And we're encouraged to know that Jesus loves us enough, cares about us enough, has enough mercy to cover each and every one of us. We're going to continue looking at Jesus The Perfect Sacrifice, when we come back. But if you haven't yet gone over to the It Is Written store and picked up the companion book to this quarter's lesson, I want to encourage you to do it before we reach the end of this quarter. The earlier you do it, the happier you will be and the more that you will get out of our study. Itiswritten.shop and pick up the companion book to the book of Hebrews that we've been studying. We're going to come back and continue looking at Jesus, The Perfect sacrifice in just a moment.
2: There's something I want to tell you about that is so important. It's My Place with Jesus. It is Written's ministry to children. Take the children you care about to myplacewithjesus.com. At My Place with Jesus, you'll find so much that will bless your children, or grandchildren, or great-grandchildren, or the children at church. There are the My Place with Jesus Bible Guides, 21 studies that will take the children you care about into the Word of God. They'll learn the important things, especially the love of God and the sacrifice Jesus made for them. As well, take your children to Journey Through the Bible. It's there at myplacewithjesus.com. It's a special Bible reading program. That will get children into the habit of reading their bible daily and connecting with god regularly so don't forget myplacewithjesus.com from it is written
0: welcome back to sabbath school we're continuing our look here at jesus as the perfect sacrifice now here on monday's lesson you mention five different kinds of sacrifices that existed back in the, in the Old Testament Jewish economy. What's the significance or what are the significances of each of these sacrifices and how can we learn from them today?
1: So there are different kinds of sacrifices in the Old Testament and all, every one of these sacrifices have different functions. Probably the basic sacrifice was the burnt offering, the whole burnt offering sacrifice. In this sacrifice, the whole animal was completely consumed. This was the basic sacrifice. It was done every morning, every evening. And when you brought a sacrifice for the sin, you also had to offer a whole burnt offering. So it was the complement to other sacrifices as well. This sacrifice uh, explained or illustrated that Jesus was consumed completely for our salvation. He put everything on the table. He did everything for us. He was consumed completely. That is the the illustration of the sacrifice. But there are other sacrifices. There was sacrifice for sin. When a person sinned, he brought an animal that was his substitute. And the shedding of the blood of that animal, substituting the shedding of his blood or her blood, the sinner's blood, Jesus died as a substitute for our sins. This is the sacrifice in the sense of what I explained In the first part of this program, Jesus died for our sins. Um, There is also another kind of sacrifice, which is called the shelamim. That is the Hebrew name, but this is the peace offering. That's what it's called in some of the uh, Bible translations. The peace offering was a sacrifice in which um, a person brought an animal and was sacrificed in the temple, and then it was uh, part of a feast. The meat was... Uh, was um, shared by the offerer, the offering person, and his friends, his family, or her friends or her family, and and the community. It was a sacrifice for sharing. It was like a potluck, a kind of Old Testament potluck, in in which everyone brought a little bit of his his sacrifice. And, And this tells us that Jesus died in order that we could have uh, fellowship with one another. He brought us together, you see? And there were other sacrifices, the reparation offering, which is the guilt offering as well, in which you, um, when you did something wrong, you provided reparations and then offered uh, a, a guilt offering uh, for, uh, in order to restore the relationship with another person. So Jesus' dead on the cross Fulfilled all these elements. There were also uh, um, cereal sacrifices, grains. There were libations, drink offerings that were all of them. For example, the grain offerings referred to Jesus as the one who made possible our breath, the, the sustaining of our life. So the cross of Christ refers to all these elements. Okay? It can be looked at from all these different angles, okay? Jesus not only died as the substitute for our sins, but in other aspects as well, in the cross of Christ, are being fulfilled.
0: So all these different ones in Old Testament times then help us understand what Jesus has done for us, and is doing for us, how he is the fulfillment, he's the perfect sacrifice. In Hebrews 10, verse 10, it says by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So we don't have to worry about the different types of sacrifices anymore. Jesus pulls it all together. Is that right? Yes,
1: Jesus pulls everything together. Um you see Eric, I was born um on the day of one of the festivities, the main festivities in Mexico which is the, the day of the Guadalupana, the day of the Virgin of Guadalupe, okay? And in, in the Basilica of Guadalupe, I think uh, it is estimated that 20 million people visit that basilica wow. every year. It's a very big place. And towards the date I was born, people come from all parts of Mexico, especially from nearby, they come in pilgrimage to this basilica. And I used to live in one of the roads of the main entrance, the main entrance from the eastern side of, of, of the city. I live very near to that, uh, one block from the main street. And in the, in the, in the days before the, this festivity, I will see people coming on their knees, people walking, People uh, uh, walking without shoes—a sacrifice. They work. They will call that mandas. What is a manda? Manda is a sacrifice. When you say to the Virgin, "If you give me this, I will give you this." Okay. If you forgive me of this terrible crime I committed, I I would make this sacrifice. Or if you help me have a son or a child or something something right and and the virgin did it then you pay it with amanda so some people sometimes people would abstain from sexual relationships for a year let's say as a part of amanda so those are sacrifices you see and you see sometimes adventists are tempted to do exactly the same thing we say to god God, if you forgive me, or if you uh, help me restore my health after after uh, uh, after this sickness, I will serve you all my life. That is my sacrifice. You see, God does not want that. God is telling me, I have made a perfect sacrifice. Why do you need to add to my sacrifice? My sacrifice has made you acceptable before me completely. Why do you need to add to that? And, uh, and we need to, to be able to, to come to God with confidence, knowing that there is nothing more I can bring, bring to God to make me more acceptable in His presence. There are no more sacrifices. That was the main argument of Hebrews. If you go, for example to hebrews just after you read hebrews 10 verses um uh, uh 16 and 17 uh, then he adds their sins and their lawless deeds i will remember no more now where there is remissions of these, there is no longer an offering for sin what hebrews is saying if jesus has died you don't need to bring any more sacrifices the readers of hebrews they were probably bringing sacrifices to the temple when paul went to jerusalem in one of his last trips to jerusalem in acts 20 21 the elders of the church told him why don't you purify yourself Beautify yourself implied the bringing of sacrifices to the temple. And Paul did it, but that was not God's plan. You can go to Acts of the Apostles and, and find what Ellen G. White says that that was not God's plan. Because if Jesus has died, why do you need to bring more sacrifices? So when we bring offerings to God, these are not sacrifices in the same sense that the people of the Old Testament or Jesus did. They are offerings of a different nature. They are just a privilege for us to give. Why do we give them? Not because God requires them. Not because they will make us more acceptable to God. Not because this is the way which we return something for what God has done for us. No, we do them because it is a privilege to give. And, 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 when, and when, we, when we don't give them because we're going through a difficult time, we feel bad because we say, God, I wish I can give you something, you see. But that doesn't have to do anything with making us more acceptable to God. He has
0: been made the perfect sacrifice. You know, with him as the perfect sacrifice, he has the ability to, to do what no one else can, and that is to minister on our behalf in the heavenly sanctuary. We don't have too much time, but in Hebrews chapter 9, verses 22 through 28, we get a picture of Jesus' ministry in the heavenly sanctuary. What's he doing there for us, and why is that so important for us to understand now?
1: Oh, this is a beautiful passage. It says here, Hebrews 9, uh, 24, this is, Christ has um, not entered the holy places made with hands, which are the copies of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. This expression, to appear in the presence of God for us, is an expression taken from the Old Testament. Every Israelite went three times a year to Jerusalem to appear before God, to appear in the presence of God. Well, Jesus has done what every Israelite wanted to do when went to Jerusalem. But when they went to Jerusalem, they were only to go to the temple made with hands, But they could not see God face to face. Now, Jesus, when he ascended to heaven, he was able to accomplish what no one else has been able. He appeared in the presence of God. What is the purpose? To appear in the presence of God is to ask for his blessing, his favor. So Jesus ascended as a representative to say, God, do you accept my sacrifice? And God says, yes, I accept it. okay. Well, if you accept it, please, I want that where they are, where I am, they will be in the future. I want that all the benefits I have, they will have them as well. And God says, yes, let's do that. I am glad that you asked this. How can we make this happen? God, give them your Holy Spirit. And God is going to give them the Holy Spirit. God, forgive them their sins. I forgive their sins. And God provides everything that we need. He came to ask God's favor in our behalf, and that favor is the Holy Spirit, is uh, the presence, His guidance. When we pray, God, give me wisdom to make a correct decision. Those decisions are granted. His guidance is granted because of the sacrifice of God, because of the sacrifice of Jesus, because He's in the
0: presence of the Father. So
1: that is what this passage means. Jesus is in
0: there in our behalf. Friends, if you're not encouraged by Jesus being your perfect sacrifice, I don't know what else to share with you to encourage you. He's made that sacrifice. He has stood in your place. He stood in the gap, and he's making it possible for you to inherit eternal life. We're going to continue our study next time in the book of Hebrews, digging further into what this book means to us today. Pastor Felix, thank you once again for joining us, and thank you for joining us again. We'll see you next time.